Welcome to Global Minnesota Podcast, connecting, informing, and engaging Minnesotans with the world and exploring important international issues. For a complete list of programs and to join us, visit globalminnesota.org. Welcome, everybody, and thank you wherever you are around the world joining us today for this special International Day of Education. I have the privilege and opportunity to introduce one of the real pioneers in our world today who helped start and been leading the technological revolution that we sometimes call geographic information systems or GIS. It's really digital geography. And many, many years ago, Jack Dangerman was learning and creating the new way of thinking about how we apply digital technology to how we know the world, the science of where sometimes it's called. And we have the good fortune of having uh, Jack with us here today. Um, this is a kind of special opportunity because our focus on how COVID has impacted education and what have people done to creatively respond to that Esri, the company that he founded and has continues to lead today is really the global leader in one of the most important uh, kind of creative developments we've had, the application of GIS systems to both responding to the COVID crisis from a medical and responding to the economic crisis, but also in transforming education and educational opportunities. We're gonna see and hear um, more of that, but I think a good way to start this will be to have a little introductory video that'll give a sense of how GIS has been so critical to the ways that people have been responding to this COVID-19 pandemic. Let's take a look at this video. Welcome back everybody. Jack, you have created a global network, hundreds of thousands of people being in the system itself, 
10 million people making use of your GIS software, over 200 countries and territory, that's a little bit more than the UN. But changing the way that we, you know, really think about mapping and think about where we are on the planet. And um, I was really impressed. I've been able to study and see some of the ways that GIS and Esri's uh, software and their services have been used to respond. And we've been thinking about how it becomes an element in our education. I wonder how did Esri begin getting involved in our educational system, our K-12, our university. Give us a little bit of background on how you were able to be so well prepared when this pandemic hit. Well, it's a, it's a complex question and it's a complex answer, I suppose. Esri started over 50 years ago and we started by doing real projects. Uh, they would be environmental projects using applying application of ge geographic thinking to land use planning or environmental planning or picking the right location for something like a school or for, for a Starbucks, for example, today. And very gradually, we built a kind of methodology. And this methodology involved measuring the world and then analyzing with map layers, overlaying them on top of each other in a computer, and then making maps and then supporting people who made decisions. And these, this process uh, taught me a lot. So I do project by project, little planning projects, little environmental studies, and, and I learned. I learned by doing, which is today very popular in education, this idea of project-based learning for kids. And what we discovered is that many of the universities initially acquired my software and started teaching with it. And what they were teaching is the application of ge geographic science to all the complex problems that the world is facing. And this has just grown. Uh, and some very creative teachers back in the late 80s and early 90s began to say, Jack, could I have your software to try it in high schools? Maybe we could get kids to learn by doing in high schools. One of the famous ones is Cass uh, High School in Detroit. And the kids there learned by doing. They measured problems of, of lead poisoning in the population. And then they would visualize it. And then they solved the problem by getting all the kids to scrape all the lead paint off of the houses. They learned by doing and took it to action. Well, I, I think better than me uh, explaining this, uh, it's best to sort of see a short video that actually shows kids in Roosevelt High School in Los Angeles actually applying this idea of geographic science and learning the mechanics of computing and solving problems. Great. Let's try to run that video right this minute. What's up? This is Will I Am. I'm here in the area that I grew up in, Boyle Heights in the school that my family went to, my mom, my uncles. There's my uncle right there. Yep, number 21. Now, in Boyle Heights, we have Magnet Program and an Esri GIS, Geographical Information Systems Program. When I was dreaming in the projects about having a career in music, I live right here on Ficker Street, behind the laundromat. When I was in the projects, my mom's best friend name was Dee. And Dee had two sons, Jermaine and Beanie. They were like rough. You would have been like, yo, I don't know if these guys are gonna make it. 
And this is how crazy and magical the world is. But he moved to San Diego, and Black Eyed Peas had a concert there in 2005. He hits me up on our website, and he's like, Willie, it's Beanie from, from the projects. I'm like, what are you, Beanie? He's like all dressed in a suit, no longer like gangbanging or anything like that. He's like super clean. I'm like, yo, Beanie, like you really transformed. He was like, yo, I met this teacher that changed my life. I'm like, what do you do now? He was like, GIS. I'm like, what's GIS? Is that a new gang? He was like, no, GIS, well, like, geographical information systems. I input maps and, like, understand communities. Five years later, I meet Jack Dangerman. He shows me his maps. He's like, these are GIS. Beanie works with Esri. One of the teachers that transformed Beanie's life was an Esri guy. Me and Beanie, we survived the projects. And education was the spark that that altered our our course because we could have just ended up with statistic. But now we're we know we're doing our part to get other kids on that path of transformation. Welcome to my family. You got a great family. Jack Dangerman had this awesome technology. Type in like 90023 and you could ask the system anything. Like how many people voted that's been in jail that are diabetic? And there's other ideas like Obama's stimulus plan where you could see it and it's transparent was built on GIS. Hospitals for emergency ambulance response use GIS. And to couple all that entry is very powerful. I was like, yo, type into the map how many drive-bys happened in the past five years. He was like, we don't have that information. I was like, exactly. Let's teach my kids how to create maps that way they can input things that they see in the community. I remember going to Shenzhen like five years ago, it was a swamp. Now it's making everybody's device they have in their pocket. I want Boyle Heights and Watts to look like Shenzhen. Wouldn't it be awesome to go to, you know, Facebook, be like, yo, this is my uh, the CTO, Jerome. Yo, where you come from, Jerome? Yo, grew up in them projects. And now, Boyle Heights was the case study. And since then, Jack Dangerman and Esri have donated a billion dollars worth of maps and tools for K through 12 across America. Started here at Roosevelt. So Jack, I'm always inspired when I see that video and I, you have many different ones about different kind of schools, but that one is really special. But I can tell that this is part of a bigger picture, uh, some way that you've been targeting to make sure that schools everywhere have the opportunity to make use of these tools like you displayed there at Roosevelt High School. Can you tell us a little bit about your kind of accelerated K-12 and what's going on? And I know that you've had some support in the White House and from the government. Give us a picture of how education has become now a kind of central feature of your overall strategy. Yeah, well, I got, I, I fell in love when I was a student at Minnesota, by the way, uh, with geography. Uh, and this science just turned me on because I could see relationships and patterns, how the world worked, both in the natural worlds like rivers and forests, but also in the in the human world, population, demographics through maps, uh, you know, economics on maps and with the power of computing, 
I was able to model and see things that I was totally unaware of. And then the idea of bringing all, all of this information together allowed, you know, insights into the way the world worked. And so as a young kid, I thought I'd really like to make a career decision to try to apply computing and geography to uh, all the big problems. I mean, I was very idealistic as a kid and, and I still am, but I, uh, at that time is like, I couldn't sleep at night because, <laughs> because of this as a student. Um, and so very gradually, as we grew this organization, uh, education was always in the back of my head. Uh, so these kids like at Roosevelt and thousands of other schools like them, by the way, uh, have been pushing the envelope for me, building the next generation of kids who are spatially literate, who actually, I didn't have that privilege of learning geography in an applied way. I mean, okay, I'd learn place names and okay, that's Africa, that's Alaska, so on, but it wasn't the same. Project-based learning, like the kids at Roosevelt uh, shared, is is a is a, a masterful way to learn. Instead of memorization, you develop memory. People looking at maps uh, associate the real world with the maps, and it's their experience. It's kind of an abstraction of their real experience. And kids, all of us actually learn by. Uh, real experiences, not memorization. You forget that stuff. So uh, I think we sort of struck gold here. Uh, so we experimented with a few schools and then I had the great opportunity to meet with President Obama as part of his Connect Ed program. And he was, uh, he, he was attracted to this idea of applying maps in education. So together we stood up uh, a program to give all of our software and cloud resources uh, for learning to every every school in the United States. And there are over 90,000 of them, K through 12 schools. And uh, I wouldn't say that we've been totally successful, <laughs> but we have achieved in the range of 15 to 16,000 schools so far. And it's growing every year. I mean, it takes a lot because you have to learn the technology a bit. You have to, as a teacher, and you have to know something about problem solving uh, and, and nurture kids along that pathway. But today, uh, we're, we're growing it aggressively. Also, uh, with partnerships with the National Geographic Society, one of my favorite organizations on the planet, we are building digital programs to reach kids with curriculum that covers every one of the different disciplines, uh, history, uh, math, and so on, so that they can learn geography sort of through the power of GIS and learn their particular subject area through the power of uh, GIS and more importantly, learn to solve problems, you know, at the community level, seeing a problem, embracing it, studying it, analyzing it, and applying it. So recently, we've made the decision to expand this vision to do the every school on the planet. Uh, so now you can get without cost, all of our curriculum. Uh, this is billions and billions of dollars of of, of technology investment reaching right into schools using cloud and the internet and allows kids to work with teachers or other GIS professionals in their uh, geographies and apply this stuff. So I don't know, Mark, I have a great vision and a lot of passion about uh, getting geographic thinking, kind of holistic thinking into kids' brains. And the big challenges that we're facing today of climate change, uh, of things like racial equity 
as it's applied to urban centers uh, in growing uh, the next generation of food for us, dealing with the issues of climate change, all of these big things that are new president talks about, uh, they're all resting on geographic thinking. My first exposure to GIS was seeing this incredible mapping of where every eagle's nest was in Minnesota. And so early on, you might have even been here around that time, but in Minnesota, and we're proud you had part of that inspiration here, but having this in a new way married to our awareness of the global challenges, problems, um, and having them embedded into a global agreement on sustainable development goals. So we've said, we want to do this. We want to reduce car crashes. We want to have zero hunger by 2030. By marrying those stated goals, taking us into a more sustainable future with the sort of power of the GIS software and the an analytical and direction, it gives us strategy and tactics. It feels like the dream that you've had that's kept you up at night, that's kept you awake, is now being kind of supercharged by a crisis on the one hand that says we are all connected globally and by a, a solution on the other side that says yes and we can map that connection we can learn that connection we can use that connection to see where we're endangered and where we can find opportunities or we can keep each other safe from whether it's a you know, a terrorist threat or a, a, a climatic, you know, a hurricane. It's you interesting know, like, that our, that these yeah. users around the world, these millions of, of people, young people, old people, are embracing this technology and the methodology of measuring, doing science work, and telling the truth with information to come up with strategies that can underpin a better society, a more sustainable world. Um, in the case of COVID, uh, we got some simple templates out to our customers to map it, to map the cases. One of those happened to be Johns Hopkins University. And now it has, uh, that, that map of, with their dashboards about COVID has been looked at over a trillion and a half times. This is kind of hard to believe. <laughs> Still, people are looking at it four or five billion times a day. Uh, and it has changed your, what you're saying is exactly right. It's changed the world's understanding of what's occurring. It's allowed people to realize in an interesting way through mapping that what happened in Wuhan affects them. And I think this is the beginning of a kind of geo-enlightenment uh, and geography and computer mapping and GIS will be a way to enable that, to create spatial literacy, not just how do I get from A to B or where is it, how do I get there, but to understand all the complexity of of uh, the world around us. And it's not only its uh, complexity, but its beauty and how it's interrelated and how we're part of that. Um, and the footprints that we lay down uh, are connected to everything else. To bring that kind of literacy into kids at an early age, well, that's, that's uh, very exciting to me. This year is a kind of a warning pandemic you know, we know it can be much worse, much bigger, much faster, more deadly, and we've been warned. And we've been warned about climate and climate change. And so in addition to the, the warning or the awareness, 
you and your colleagues all over the world and all of those smart kids at Roosevelt High School and those professors at the University of Minnesota and everywhere are creating the possibility of turning our awareness into the that word we're using now a lot, resilience, but leaving a gift behind for the generations that come, which is a literacy about geography and a digital, digital tools that give us the capacity, but also a commitment to use it to make the world a better place because we've said out loud, we want zero hunger. We want healthcare for all. all. I know you've been committed to that sustainable development goal about education, quality education for all. I look forward to that chance that we have to connect again and to continue because for you and I, we're at that place where it's about making sure that the things we're leaving behind are valued and also they're appreciated for what they will mean in the future, not just for what they might be useful for now. And that's what the genius of the work that you and your colleagues have done for these past 50 years. Thank you so much for joining us here today and I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you very much, Mark. A real, real pleasure to support you. Yeah, it's uh, the legacy has to be in the next generation. And those who are teachers in this audience really need to understand this, that it's not enough to just memorize things. It's not enough to simply uh, understand this subject versus that subject. It's about integration and connection and unity around a common purpose. And the common purpose that we're facing today, others will be to address the big challenges, whether it's in now COVID, later climate change, then loss of biodiversity, then the mass migrations that are occurring because of all of these other interrelated factors. This is gonna be important that we build this future generation of, of kids. That's, I think, the legacy that you're speaking about building, and, and I believe in it as well. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Jack.